Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Only Podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined, as always, by your other co-host, John Kirby. You can find us on Twitter. That's what we're going to keep calling it. Uh, at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And now follow the new mothership at Believe Network. That's, I believe it's B, huh, B-L-E-A-V Network. Nailed it. Today is, yep, nailed it. Uh, uh, today is Ju- Tuesday, July 25th. And guys, as you know, bet online, be it today in July, tomorrow in August, a Wednesday in October. Bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts right here, where the episode starts tomorrow when Spartan Dog Con starts. John, are you going to be tailgating that event? Dude, there's football next week. Like the Hall of Fame game, man. It's coming. That's next week? Next Thursday. Oh, sweet, sweet baby. I'm very excited about that. It's a big deal. I mean, it is uh, it is upon us. We are we're excited for Spartan Dog Con. Don't know what it means. Pretty <laughs> excited about it though, because it means the season's coming. So <laughs> no one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Yeah, it gets it's people going. It, we were talking about it before we started recording here, and John and I both were like, "So that's this week. What does that mean?" <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. I'm going to take a guess and say that it's probably some type of event for recruits to come see the campus, meet some alumni, some guys in the NFL, all that good stuff, and then maybe do some drills or something. Um, Sure. I'm not going to look into it. And that's that's probably that's our Spartan dog kind of analysis. Really, the, the reason why we bring it up is because it takes place and something there Michigan State has been teasing an announcement on 7-28-23 for what feels like a year and a half and with no real like I have no idea how people could piece together whatever visual clues they're leaving it's like one of those prove you're a person things like the captcha <laughs> things where it just puts a bunch of random pictures into a grid um that's what I think it'll look like when you piece all the social media together but it was a bit of a leak today. Uh-huh. Looks like we might be getting new jerseys. New jerseys. And I don't know. Do you want to have a take on them? Or do you want to compare them to others? Um, let's say, let's start here. Do you like them better than last year's? Okay, without seeing them on a football player, like on pads or anything like that, it's yeah. kind of hard to say. Okay. But... One of the things, but I'll give a take. One of the things I didn't really love about MSU's jerseys the last couple of years were kind of like the the subtle, like Roman design 
you know, kind of like the square thing. I don't really know what you call it, but there's been on basketball jerseys for years. And they just kind of adopted it into the football uniforms for the first time. But they did it like super subtly on the on kind of the arms. And I was kind of like, eh, they should use that more because it's a very cool design. Well, on these jerseys, it is very forward. And honestly, I'm kind of digging it. I kind of like it. Hey, well, I think you're referring to like the the Greek design. And, you know, they won a national championship in basketball wearing them. So it's kind of hard to like they just immediately no matter what become part of the pro the entire athletic program i think and which is totally fine with me uh it's kind of like the unofficial ad uh to the to but you know now like you said embracing them um sure i i think it's a better compromise than um just like the neon thing is always going to be a bit divisive. This one, not so much comparatively. Yeah, I think it's interesting because Nike is clearly like established an identity for Michigan State, and it is all to, all to do with that Greek design. Because if you remember, the basketball team got new jerseys within the last what two or three years, and that mm-hmm. design is on one of the uh, the mm-hmm. of the shorts. So like they're leaning into it pretty hard, which I think is cool because it's yeah. unique. No one else has that. And yeah, I, from what I saw of the Jersey leak, I dug it. What I noticed was that there was both a green, a white and a black Jersey incorporated, which I think is kind of cool. I don't feel like I remember any Michigan state aside from the, I guess the neons, maybe no, the neons weren't black. Do they, did they ever wear black jerseys? I don't recall it if they did. Um, in football. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think they have. Okay, sure. Well, they weren't memorable. These look cool. Yeah. Uh, well, now now I'm just rem- trying to remember if I did this in like my NCAA Dynasty League or <laughs> if it actually happened. So yeah, uh, no idea. Um, well, the fact that we're having like long discussions about the jerseys themselves is is like deep summer content. So I love that. And also, I will say, um, final thing about Michigan State jerseys, like being green and white is pretty great it's like very clean comparatively to to a ton of other schools color combos you can do a you know you feel like it could be limited but there's just a lot more you can do uh with aesthetically big fan of going to a school with great colors i cannot imagine like having to wear like red and yellow or something like that just sounds so I have a Big couple of things to add there. First, okay. green, I think, is the – I'm biased, but I think green is the best color you can have. It's a, such a powerful color, and uh, not that many schools have it. Like, right. it's Michigan State, Oregon, Baylor are, like, three off the top of my head that I always think of. And then, like, I, I don't know, like, Tulane? North Texas. North Texas, the mean green. That's uh, literally why I know that school exists. Like – so there's just not there's not a ton. I'm sure we're missing some, but the point is it's a great and uh, not only that, but um, I'm I'm trying to debate in my head as much as I think green is the best. What's the worst? I gotta think the one I personally would pull off the least would be the uh, University of Tennessee. I, I think I say would. Orange. Who? I was gonna say orange. I was thinking Syracuse. Like that looks. At least they have the blue. See, Syracuse. At least you got the blue. Like, I always think about it, like, what's the alternate color polo that I would get if I hated yeah. my 
most colors. Like if I was a Michigan fan, you would never see me in maize because right. it looks horrible on everyone. But like a, a Tennessee fan doesn't have much of an out. Nope. Because white, if you're not in tip top shape, white can be unflattering. <laughs> It's and, not a great color. Yeah, and orange is unflattering most as well. So it's and I've actually been to that campus. My cousin went to school there, and uh, it's all that. Like from what I remember, is a lot of usage, especially on like signage of that just bright, like rocky top orange. And man, it is it is intense. I had, a hungover morning would not be fun walking around that campus. Well, like the good old boys are all. Wearing the uh, the black polos, they just really leaned into that third non-existent color. Yeah, <laughs> and they got the checkerboard too. The checkerboard, yeah, it's it's tough. I think that one Northwestern. I don't think I would enjoy it all too much either. That purple. Yeah. That's I was thinking one. Iowa State to me has been rough. Like the yeah. red and yellow is, and it's not like good ones. Western Michigan. Oh like, yeah, the, the brown and yellow. It's tough. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a. Bad that's uh, why they, I just the the simpler the better, right? Like I think Penn State's is sharp. Penn State yeah. fans have it made, man. Just that, just that nice navy blue and white. North Carolina is feeling good. About North that. Carolina, you've got to really be able to pull off though. Like I personally, in okay. a in a Jordan baby blue, I don't think it would be my best look. Okay. Okay. There's a little too much flash, a little too much pizzazz in the old. There world. is a little like you know I'm here if I'm walking in with baby blue on. Yeah, it's it it's it's uh it's hard to be discreet wearing right. powder blue. I would agree. You know, I I'm thinking like a really great color. I think Texas has a nice thing going. I just said bad things about Tennessee's orange, but the burnt orange. If you can pull the burnt orange off, that is a nice situation. McConaughey does. Oh, just yeah. You get a little sun-kissed skin going on. Uh-uh. Burn orange is a good. Burn orange is a great look. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. I'd hate to wear. I, I don't not like the color, but if I was just like half the Big Ten and was red and white, I'd be a little disappointed. It's such a bummer. It would. Be it's a bummer. So cool to have more diversity of color, and instead we have literally like seven teams that are some form of red. Yeah, it's a bummer. I think. I think instead of relegation, they should force uh, whichever of those teams finishes with the worst head-to-head record to change their colors. I like this. They'd want to, though. The winner gets to, you mean. like? No, the winner, the winner gets to choose. Oh, yeah, they get to choose who changes their color. I like this already. As yeah. your Big Ten commissioners, we will take <laughs> it to the top. We're taking the most serious matters the most seriously, such as color color relegation. And and Harbaugh's crimes, Austin. Mm, he will be punished as is as is only right. Dude, that was kind of wild news today. I you know, so for, for those who are keeping or are not quite uh, sure we're talking about a long time ago, it seems like last year. There was a level one infraction that Jim Harbaugh had uh, reported or someone reported, and it was pretty weak, even as like an arch rival podcaster, pretty weak, Uh, buying lunch for some kids who were on an unofficial visit. And um, the result here is going to be four games missed as the head coach at the beginning of the season here versus some 
uninspiring opponents. Austin, I think what's lost in all of that story is the gray. And I want to try and fill in the gray before I hand it over to you as to what happened. A lot of the reaction you'll see online as well, um, this is just too harsh of a punishment for the situation. I don't think anyone disagrees, but it could have been taken care of. All he had to do was basically admit that he messed up and there could have been lesser, lesser negotiated like a plea bargain. And obviously we will never know how long of those types of discussions were, but you'd have to be crazy to truly believe that the NCAA is, is stupid enough, and they are stupid, but silly enough to suspend a guy four games for buying burger for a burger for a kid, unless there was a lot of other bullshit that they yeah. had that they were had being asked to eat or have been eating for a long time until this moment. So that's the gray. What did what did you think about it? Yeah, I mean, from what I read, the suspension isn't about like what he what was actually done. It's about him interfering with the investigation that was that was, which is that is just a another level of Michigan man that I I didn't really think actually existed. Um, to, to have just like the the hubris. Yeah, to, hubris, just, dude. to just openly interfere with what is admittedly, yes, a weak investigation. There's no question in the world that that is the case. No one's denying that. But how much he must have interfered to warrant this suspension is like, it kind of boggles my mind. Like he must have been like mm-hmm. slamming doors in NCAA uh, like investigators. <laughs> Yeah, like spitting spitting in their coffee. Like, I don't know what he could have possibly done. Like, spinning in circles, yelling. Yeah. I'm just thinking uh, of my toddler right now. Yeah. Or he's just doing like, uh, like, uh, you know, torture techniques where he's just like playing loud music for like hours and hours on end while he's got the the people like locked in a room or something. (laughs) Like, I don't know what he's done. To, to piss these people off so much because it's not like Michigan go like the NCAA historically goes at Michigan like right. they're going to be one of the national championship favorites right playoff people they love propping Jim Harbaugh up and like oh and glossing over things that are in his resume and yet they still gave him four games he must have been just on another level of of interfering. So I, I kind of hope it all comes out as to what or, happened. It'd be very funny to read. Or he just collected all of his punishment from like all of the bullshit we've been saying yeah. over the years into one final straw that was an over punishment for the crime, but it was a the, an accumulation of, including yeah. if you're wondering, it's like the Matt Weiss <laughs> offensive coordinator who is being yeah. investigated by the FBI. Yeah. That's just it. It's like this. So, yeah. Oh, woe is woe are they who have to be without their uh, head coach for the for such a daunting stretch of football. They always put themselves through, you know, such a grueling early season. You have to wonder how they'll bounce back. Uh, How (laughs) such a joke. The teams they're playing three out of the four. It's like, does any did they need any coaches? (laughs) Well, you know what? Um We'll see if he's even worth the mo- his money if they're winning by a lot. 
Oh, I like this spin zone. A lot. <laughs> I just don't know if he's you're paying him too much. It looks like. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, what I'm just looking at their their first four games, right? Their first four games. The opener is against football powerhouse UNLV. Uh, that game you can find on CBS or Paramount Plus, by the okay. way. Uh, yeah. The next one is, again, another powerhouse, Bowling Green. Okay. Uh, followed by Homecoming against Rutgers. Sure. It just prime time, baby. Uh, and then, now the following one, I think, is, this is like Stockholm Syndrome for me, even considering this to be a decent game, but at Nebraska. like that, That's not the fourth game, dude. You missed an East Carolina in there. No, I'm looking at the 2023 schedule. Do they not have this updated? Okay, fbschedules.com. You've let me down. I'm just assuming Michigan's schedule has three non-cons, not before their. Yeah, you're right. There is there is an East Carolina. Oh man, that's even. So his first game back is at Nebraska. What a joke. They. Ugh. Is, do we have a competition committee? Can we like start one? As we the, are the committee. We've we're we're every committee now. Yes, we're saving so. money. A committee of two. When we run the Big Ten, we're going to save this conference hundreds of thousands of dollars off the bat. And you, might be wondering, you might be wondering, shouldn't you be making us millions? Well, slow down, partner. We don't know how contracts work. The last guy pretty much did that, so <laughs> we're knocking out the important stuff. So we're going to save money by being every committee. And as yeah. the competition committee is determined... We get to pick the four games. You don't get to coach, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't get to go coach the four last games of the season. That's when it's really bad. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of a funny punishment, not punishment. Oh, man. Well, uh, it's been fun to see the uh, the Twitter. This there There hasn't been any chum in the water for a while. Yeah, on the street and the college football streets of Twitter. <laughs> so so this was a good one to get everyone going. We needed it a little bit. We did. It's it's time. You know, we're closing in on August. We can we can smell the football in the air. Mm-hmm. It's time to get upset. Um, Spe- speaking of which. Oh, you oh you're going to segue me. No, 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 I want to give it to you. Well, with this uh, season coming up, we also have. Uh, previews, uh, positional previews. You may, if you're a longtime listener, um, know that we do positional previews. So we're not quite there yet, but our good friends at Pick 6 Previews, which is legitimately the number one preview uh, in the last 10 years that they do the ranking of them based on you know preseason predictions and where they ended up. Sky's the best. So uh, we went there, paid our money, and uh, we welcome you to do the same. It's about 20 bucks for his preview, and he does every single Power 5 team and goes very, very in-depth on each team. And today, we were going to discuss uh, Pick 6 Preview's um, ranking of each position on Michigan State. How about that longest segue ever? That was rock solid. Rock solid. <laughs> I give well, you that somewhere in the middle of the Big Ten, I'm sure. So... Uh, he does every team, like I said, and I can't, this would be a really hard exercise, even if you and I did it just for the Big Ten. Oh, yeah. Because um, you have to know every single team pretty in depth. Um, 
But I appreciate that he's given us the fodder to kind of debate here. And what we're, we're going to do is go through each position and uh, share uh, his prediction. And then we'll say too high, too low, or just right. So um, starting with quarterbacks, he's got Michigan State at 11th. How do you feel about that? I mean, it's hard to disagree with them just because you have just no idea, right? Like, mm-hmm. we don't even know who the quarterback's going to be. And either way, we've never really seen them play any significant period of time. So to rank them 11th, you know, it feels okay. Like, I could make an argument that they should be ahead of Illinois at 10 because Illinois' quarterback situation last year was not good. Minnesota's got someone totally unproven at, at nine. But, like, it, you know, that's getting pretty nitpicky. I might bump them, bump them up a couple spots, but, like, yeah, yeah I mean – they're only ahead of Indiana, Rutgers, and Northwestern. So that tells you what people think ahead of the season. Now, I will say this. I'd like to look back and see what he said ahead of the uh, Peyton Thorne's good season as the starter. Mm. Like what this looked like. Because he was probably saying, oh, Anthony Russo will be the guy and he'll be somewhere in the middle of the pack. If I had to venture a guess. And, you know, you just don't know. So I, I'm sure he put him down there because it's just unknown. And the rest of the league is is pretty known. I I'll say this: I think Penn State drastically underrated. Where are they the, at here? They're at four, and I think they are, as you know, huge yeah. pro Drew Aller, uh, a massively pro Drew Aller podcast here. And oh, so let's he, see who does he got in front of him though. JJ McCarthy at one. Okay. I'm thinking he was Wisconsin at two, and I'm guessing he's assuming Tanner Mordecai is the starter, um, which is fair. Mordecai was really good at SMU. Yeah. Uh, um, Maryland and Tua Jr. at three, and then Aller at four. Listen, I know Aller's not super proven, but that dude is – it's it's all there. It's just waiting for him. I think he's going to be an absolute beast. Reminds me of Drake May. He's going to be a very, very good player, probably was, pretty quick. Yeah, and, and for those keeping track at home, uh, the mock boards, Drake's at number two behind Caleb Williams and almost everybody that I've seen so far. Have you seen differently? No, it's going to be those two. I think, honestly, the third one people throw around is J.J. McCarthy. So, yeah, listen, no, McCarthy's heck of a player. Uh, he's not in either of those other dudes' leagues. Those two are, like, legit number one pick guys. McCarthy's got a lot of... A lot to prove, but I do. I, I can't really disagree with putting him number one out of the quarterbacks in this conference, though. I don't think there's anybody that I would really put put up there with him. It's crazy that that dude is one and one against Michigan State, and pretty cool. Uh, I mean, might be one and two. Who knows? I don't know why I said that. That was weird. We'll know <laughs> this fall at some point. Literally, I just like, am not like. Uh, we'll save it. We'll save it when we get to it. Very technically. You could be right. We'll see. So, and then number okay, number three, like, yeah. Okay. I can dig right. all of this. Yeah, in, unless I, until I see Drew Aller, because he just needs to, he needs to show everyone um, the package we've been talking about. It's, uh, yeah, he'll move up. All right, moving on to the running backs. Uh, MSU at 10th uh, in the conference, fifth in the East. How do you feel? It's kind of 
similar, I suppose. Um, I am a little surprised, I suppose, that uh, Illinois is ranked ahead of them. Like, they just lost the guy who was, you know, Chase Brown, who was so good for them. So they're, they're at nine. And then they've got Nebraska at eight. And Nebraska, uh, they lost A.J. Allen to Miami in the transfer portal. So I guess they're probably caught out with Anthony Grant or Ramir Johnson. Like, again, kind of like not super inspiring players. And then Purdue. Yeah, Purdue, yeah. so I actually have a little bit of beef with this one. I can, I suppose I can understand why those guys are ahead of them. Again, I think Michigan State, and you'll see this trend like across all these rankings they're just unknown like it's a very new team i mean i think berger is better than the 10th best starting running back in the in the conference that seems that seems this one feels a little low to me i also think nathan carter is going to be a beast so yeah i was going to say that's the biggest piece is you know how good is nathan carter and um that's i think that answer to that question is worth a couple of wins <laughs> or or not wins he's he's going to be relied on that much if he's a true true playmaker like people hope um that that changes things if Berger is the best back you already kind of know what you're getting so um yeah that's kind of where we sit uh wide receivers tight ends well hold on go ahead ahead. go ahead i want to take a little bit a little bit of umbrage with well first of all the the upper crust of running backs in this conference is pretty impressive um Top three teams are in order, Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State. I mean, between the three of them, they've got six really, really, at least six really good running backs. Michigan, I I see why they're at the top. I think I would make a very strong argument for Penn State. Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen are awesome. Like, yeah. unbelievable. Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum, also incredible. But, like... I, I don't know, man. This is this is truly like a six and one half does the other. I don't think there's a wrong answer. Also, Ohio State with Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson. Like, you can make an argument for any of those three that's, to check in at number one. I five. think that's very cool that they are all in our division. I yeah. think that's awesome, dude. I love that. <laughs> Personally, big fan. Yeah. Great. I wish there were more. Uh, fun. Well, fortunately, we're either fourth, fifth, or sixth in almost all of these in the East, so we're never last. Um, Rutgers is going to be bad, dude. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's not going to be fun to be a Scarlet Knight. <laughs> all right. Um, okay, this is also not fun. Wide receiver tight end situation. Uh, MSU ranked 12th, 6th in the East. Yikes. Yeah, can't. I, I can't argue it. Like, yeah. and I mean, all all that happened was MSU lost from from a good receiver group, but MSU lost uh, Keon Coleman and Jaden Reed. Like, the fact they're not last is good. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, um, I think he has Keon as his uh, first team All ACC um, wide receiver. So. That doesn't make anyone feel any better, but I think it's it's like that had MSU held on to him, this would have looked very different, and it doesn't quite look like um, – I mean, the hole is the hole. It, it doesn't change, but it's not like this position was forgotten about. Um, no. 
it just just bounced the wrong way in the portal for us there. A uh, lot of opportunities, though. Yep. Um, offensive line, seventh, fourth in the East. Um, surprised in a great way about this. That, you know, this is a guy who knows ball and is seeing this uh, unit improve year over year. Yeah, I mean, this is honestly the. You could make a real argument. This is the most important position group for Michigan State if they want to be anything more than a. You know, anything more than a very mediocre to bad team, to be honest with you, this offense is because of what we just ran through the skill positions, like not a ton there right now not a ton of proven talent is what i'll say not necessarily you don't you have no idea if it's you know there's talent there they just these guys just haven't had the chance with very limited exception to show it and Mm -hmm. they will this year and if they prove much like 2021 if a bunch of guys show up out of nowhere and you know overcome expectations that could be big Either way, the offensive line's got to be great because to give those guys a chance to succeed, they're going to need time. And to give, like, the, the best way for an offense, especially in college football, to succeed is by having a decent run game. It takes so much pressure off your brand-new quarterback. It gives what actually are talented running backs lanes to run through, let you control the clock, field position, all of the, the, the things on the periphery that can help you win a game maybe you're not supposed to win. And so yep. if this offensive line – is actually takes a big step forward, it will go a very long ways to giving you a middle of the road in the Big Ten, which is a pretty good place to be across the nation, I might add, uh, that that type of offense. So um, some newcomers, obviously, along that line uh, will play some pretty important roles. Keyshawn Blackstock is expected to fill one of the starting roles, but Say Mack and Duplain both coming back. There's some good young talent. That's actual depth on this offensive line now. So, yeah, nice to see them join kind of the top half of the league there. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I think the line you said something about um, stealing a win with a unit like that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That is, um, you know, maybe where you win, it, you steal a game. Uh, on, a, on the road or something like that because you just limited possessions. And the only way you can limit possessions is with a dominant or at least um, competent run game, which we haven't seen in a while. So, right. um, yeah, moving on uh, because this is the defensive side of the ball and used to be um, an area of strength, you know, mm-hmm. has actually quietly not been as bad as people like to think. There's one specific position group that has been. But um, the defensive line group, as low as ninth here and fourth in the East, I was a little shocked by this. How about you? Yeah, I'm very surprised by this one. Um, now, this is where the minutia between defensive line and linebackers is, okay. is yeah, kind of runs together um, because you don't know where they kind of categorize some of these dudes. Like, where's Jacoby Winman? Like, is Jacoby Winman an edge? Is he a linebacker? You know, it's, so it blurs together. But either way, I think ninth is way too low for this group. I mean, when I look at the frontline dudes, you know, we're talking, you know, Chris Bogle is going to be healthy this year. Tunmise Adiel, who they, uh, Adelaide, Tunmise Adelaide, I'm going to learn how to say that name. Yeah. Uh, who the transfer from Texas A&M, former high four-star recruit, probably going to be starting in the middle. We've seen Simeon Barrow be a stud in the past. Derek Harmon, Alex Van Sumer and Maverick Hansen. Like, these are all guys that have 
played, if not excelled. Another name people sleep on is Ken Talley, who was a four-star recruit, flipped from Penn. He actually he went to Penn State for like a month and then came to Michigan State um, in the transfer portal. No one's talking about him. He's in there for depth by Job. Michigan State also, like, sneakily brought in two really solid, three really solid veteran defensive tackles uh, from the transfer portal. Dre Butler, who was from Liberty and by way of Auburn. Jarrett Jackson, who's coming from Florida State. And Jalen Sammy, coming from Colorado. I mean, three seniors or grad students that have played a ton of football between the three of them. That depth combined with some of these edge guys that might flirt between defensive line and linebacker, like that's that's a good looking front unit. So yeah, I think ninth is gonna look very silly on this later on, especially because I look around and I see who's in front of them. It's Minnesota, Indiana, Wisconsin, I can maybe get on board with sort of where it gets justifiable, but like Illinois, I won't buy it until they do it more than once. Anything above that I totally will hand off. It's Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and Iowa. So, but I think Michigan State deserves to be in that like six through nine, anywhere in that six through nine mix for this group. <clears throat> I think that, I think that like we, like we, we talked about with the, the offensive line, if this is a group that <clears throat> maybe can, on the other side of the ball, steal you a win, talk about the forced fumbles, talk about the getting to the quarterback and just not letting him pick on the uh, secondary, which we'll get to in a second. Well, let's just go there. Uh, 12th in the conference, sixth in the East was shocked that they were um, up two spots, but how about you? I mean, there's nothing you can really say about it. Like they were so bad last year. Again, the fact they're not in last year is kind of surprising. Um, I have to say I would be very surprised if they end up in this spot though at the end of the at the end of the season like it, there is a lot of talent and this unit suffered so many injuries a year ago like this entire defense got ripped apart by injury last year but no more than the secondary you bring back at a minimum a lot of experience and the young guys in these first two classes that um Mel Tucker's brought in at the some of the best players in those classes have been here in the secondary. Also, again, utilizing the transfer portal to bring in some upperclassmen help. Two guys from the Big Ten, both transferring in here, and Terry Roberts from Iowa, from that vaunted Iowa defense last year, and Samar Melvin from uh, Wisconsin. I, I won't be surprised personally if Roberts, who was actually originally transferred to Miami, Florida, um, I won't be surprised if he pushes for a starting job. Melvin, I'm not as familiar with, so I'm, I'm not. I can't say as strongly about him. But Roberts is a very good player, as is Marky Lowry, as is uh, you know Charles Brantley. You've got some promising safeties, so I, I think there's a lot more in the secondary. They they shouldn't be. I mean, I get why he did it. They're super duper unknown, but again. Like I look at the names in front of them and we're talking literally Rutgers is ranked ahead of them. Like I already know we should be up one spot based on that. <laughs> I love it. Just permanently ahead of them. They should. This is also a group that had two interceptions last year. Yep. Which was tied for the worst in power five. I think like history. Um, Pick six previews had it in their preview, but I was like, whew, that was tough to read. <laughs> yes, not uh, right. Um, but the highlights of the defense, the linebacking crew, fifth uh, ranked overall. But unfortunately, 
fourth in the East um, behind, uh, you can guess who. So the linebackers are going to have to be great. They're just going to have to be great. And then you were mentioning that the you think maybe Windman might be included here um, instead. Is that is that what you're inferring? That's what I'm guessing. Yeah. But even even so, I mean, you've got a lot of really talented players here. I mean, Cal Halliday, you know, even though he wasn't the highest rated recruit, was, a, I mean, a tackling machine. All he's done since he got the Michigan State is tackle. He's in there. Aaron Brule kind of flashed last year a little bit. Um, I think he's going to be healthy this year and have a chance to perform. Darius Snow's return is probably factoring into that grade. Uh, you know, as is my guy, Teote, like that's a great one uh, to have there for depth. And Jordan Hall, like don't sleep on Jordan Hall, the true freshman contributing early. So, yeah, I I think this is – I would – I'd be shocked if Jacoby Winman's not factoring into that decision. But, um, yeah, I think – if you take the aggregate score for that front seven and give it a seven, like the seventh out of whatever, like uh, the median score of those two groups, I think that's in the ballpark. And honestly, that's in the top half of the league. Consider where that group probably was a year ago, especially after all those injuries. And, you know, that's a sizable step forward. That's something to genuinely get, you know, excited about. And one thing that is, again, kind of encouraging to see here, uh, this is all, you know, to be taken with a grain of salt. But even this person sees that the strength of this team for what, you know, whatever that is relative is the lines. That yep. is, is is encouraging because if, you know, the skill position stuff, it's not like there's not talent, there's just not experience. Um, if you're good on the lines, you can do a lot of things right accidentally on the football field. Pair that with some good coaching and clock management, which has been always been an adventure. But uh, pair with all of that, and you got a decent, you know, you, you got a, the start of a recipe. Got something cooking, you know. And this we talked about enjoying this year uh, for what it would be, and and considering it the bridge year or the build year. So um, you know, to to next year and seeing improvement across the board, you hope because a lot of the. The guys that are going to be seeing the uh, field are um, going to have more eligibility than just um, this upcoming season. So a um, lot to build toward. But um, we're only a month away from the season uh, starting. As we mentioned, pro football starts next week, preseason. Don't care if it's, like, fake. Don't care if I don't know anyone on the field. Just let it happen. Let it happen. Embrace it. Let it wash over you. <laughs> Um, anything else for, uh, for this week? I think that's it. Aside from mentioning, of course, that this episode was presented by Bet Online. Dang. Nice. And if you uh, would like to sponsor this podcast, please just let us know or share with someone you think uh, might benefit. Uh, we are taking on sponsors all the time. So thank you uh, for considering it. And Austin, I'm not going to sign off. You are. Okay. I got it. All right, guys, as always, thanks for sticking with us. For John, it's been Austin. We'll see you next time. See you.